are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, PodMN, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Audible, Stitcher, Double Twist, many, many applications. Always appreciate those. It's a great pleasure to join you once again today. As the Minnesota Wild had kind of an up and down week, we had a postponed game until the end of the season, like May 15th, with the St. Louis Blues coming up. A strange week, up and down, all over the place. I'd say negative, generally speaking. The St. Louis Blues, boy, they're certainly reminding us that they won the Stanley Cup about a year and a half ago, or should we say two years already. Feels like three years, feels like one year. I don't know what it feels like. Just strange. And then our continued dominance over the Arizona Coyotes. So at the end of the day, the Wild finished one and two out of three official games. Could be worse, certainly could be a lot better especially that 9-1 to loss. I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, it's crazy. You crush the Colorado Avalanche. We have the hat trick with Kevin Fiala. We're all excited, this and that. And the next thing you know, well, <laughs> the next thing you know, we end up losing 9-1 to to the uh, St. Louis Blues. That was terrific. Just uh, terrific. Of course, you had a day off in between. You, have, you had uh, Kevin Fiala scratched right before the game. That was always uh, That was obviously a negative feeling going into it. Kyle Raw was put in the roster. And again, a sudden scratch for Kevin Fiala. Actually, the Wild, I believe, they played shorthanded because of that. Nick Bustad, Marcus Foligno still recovering, but Foligno would return versus Arizona, thank God. Brad Hunt hasn't played in quite a while, which is what it is. 9-1, to 9-1. to Capocacalin was in the net for every single goal. 9-1. to one. Nine goals because the Wild had to play the next night, so he figure, I guess, well, you got to rest Cam Talbot. You don't want to put him in and then put him in the next day, that type of thing. I mean, he's played enough games already, Kapokak, and then he faced a team that's at the point of, you know, they're not at the brink of elimination or anything, but it kind of, they played like they were, generally speaking. It was a terrible effort by the Wild and a spectacular effort by St. Louis. It was just kind of like, uh, well, let's just let, uh, let's just let Dean Evison describe it for you right here. They started great. We started bad. And that pretty much summed up the whole game in just a couple words. Uh, it had nothing to do with really Kakinen being tired because he hadn't played in a lot of games. There was, uh, Cam Talbot was playing in a lot of them. If anything, I think it's because he was out for too long. That's I think it's the, the reverse effect where you're out for too long, and I don't know. You just kind of lose some of the, some of that momentum he he may have had. He was on fire for so long, and then how he didn't get to go back in the net again after getting shelled by Colorado. You know, about you know, in his last start, so he didn't really get to kind of come back in a couple of days to try to redeem himself. That might have been just kind of hanging around on him, like, gosh, boy, I really hit hit a wall here. Hopefully, I can get over this hurdle. And then he hits a a bigger wall, a worse wall, and was kept in the entire game. It's situations like this where goalies can get, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. Hopefully, it's just a, one of those deals where it's just one game and you move on. This and that, the old cliche. Uh, but my goodness, he looked like Jones out there. <laughs> In, 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 in Iowa in one of those uh, nasty games, one of those nasty performances early in the season where he just got absolutely shelled and didn't have a whole lot of help in front of him. And at the end of the day, Kakanen did not have a whole lot of help in front of him. Uh, the same problems the Minnesota Wild have had the past few weeks here is, you know, puck possession, losing face-offs, this and that. The other team just pretty much dominating the puck the whole night. Well, you know, it's just the same thing again, basically, but just coming to fruition here in a big way. It just kind of was a snowball effect, so to speak, and this was an avalanche to uh, 
<laughs> pardon the pun, we were singing the blues and had an avalanche of goals come in our direction uh, after we had an avalanche of goals on Colorado. Maybe we got a little too cute, a little too happy with ourselves, and nobody wants to think about that type of thing where you get too happy with yourself after one game, this and that, even if it was against a good team. St. Louis is a defending cup champion just a year ago. That, that's what they were, and they were still good last year. They just kind of stunk at the at the wrong time, basically, and that's why they were out of the playoffs so quickly. Kind of like, you know, the Wild, and a lot of times you have a good regular season, and then here come the playoffs, and bam, that's pretty much what happened. Bennington much more sharp in this game than he had been. And remember, just a few days before this game, Bennington had stopped, what, 53 shots or something like that. It was crazy. So it just kind of is what it is. So as uh, Kevin Fulness might say, just flush this one out. Uh, yeah, well, that's... Uh, Let's stop having to flush this one out and this and that. You're hoping the Minnesota Wild will respond nicely and make the right adjustments, this and that, and it looked okay. The Wild played fine in the game, but the St. Louis Blues, they played fine also. Uh, the Wild gave up an opportunity here, <clears throat> and a major opportunity. Now, Joseph Cramarosa, talking about opportunities, he got his first assist on Nico Sturm's goals. He was attacking the net. Good job, Nico Sturm. As he also returned, and he looked really good here. Nice to see Nico Sturm being more and more productive again as he was scratched for a few games because basically what Michael Russo said was he wasn't really finishing his checks. He wasn't really, you know, like something was missing from Nico Sturm's game and that was the real reason why he was scratched for multiple games. As good as Nico Sturm is, uh, it was extremely frustrating to see him out. But, hey, you know, good for him. Matt Dumbo was able to score in the power play as the Wild continued to do something on the power play. But to still end up losing 3-2, to two, in a game where, it, you know, you thought we were going to win. You thought everything was going to be okay. You let St. Louis back in it. At the last second, Mike Hoffman would get a second goal of the game in his 11th of the season. And right after, a lot of people were saying he was a disappointment in St. Louis this year. Of course, well, he scores two goals against us. Woohoo! Vince Dunn, who's been, I, I think, fairly disappointing as well as a young defenseman. He's not that great. A lot of people thought a little bit higher of him a couple of years ago. But we'll see. He still might end up being something long term. But Hoffman ultimately tying it up with less than a minute remaining, and we all just, our hearts just sank. Like, we were going to beat St. Louis, we were going to recover just a day later after a 9-1 to demolition, and then it's tied up. Great. And you just knew it. You just knew it. And Ryan O'Reilly, uh, crazy angle, crazy play, ended up finishing <laughs> finishing the game in overtime with two seconds remaining, by the way. Thought we were going to go to the infamous shootout. But two seconds remaining, Ryan O'Reilly finishes Kind of got to like those St. Louis Blues uniforms. They're pretty cool. They look like the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s against the North Stars back in the day. Brett Hall and Adam Oates and guys like that. What a talented team that was back in the, the early, uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s. Be it Pierre Page was the coach or be it uh, Bob Ganey was the coach. Wild Law, or North Stars. <laughs> North Stars lost a series to St. Louis in 1989 in five games, four to one, if I remember correctly. The North Stars were third place. St. Louis was second. It was just one of those type of situations. Blues were very talented back then, kind of like they are now. Um, just a totally different era. But uh, it, was, it was cool seeing those uniforms. Brought you back to the good old days. The North Stars defeating the St. Louis Blues in six games after a spectacular season. Uh, getting to the And getting to the second round, they knocked off the Detroit Red Wings, if I remember correctly. Yes. Uh, in the first round that year, in the 1991 Stanley Cup final run for the Minnesota North Stars finals, as we called it back then. Everything feels like a Mandela effect these days, where it's just, oh, it was always the Stanley Cup final. And it was always the Frozen Four. What are you talking about? 
No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Marcus Johansson's really been showing off his uh, passing skills, though, the past couple of weeks. I've been very impressive with Marcus Johansson. I think it's been about three weeks now, and especially since his return from injury. He's certainly been a different player, hasn't he, since returning from that injury. Uh, also probably feeling a little bit of, like, urgency here. It's a contract year for the guy. I mean, I think you'd want to show people that you can play a little bit instead of getting maybe like a minimum contract somewhere with the Ottawa Senators or something, you know? <laughs> like, yes, the Ottawa Senators signed me at least because, well, they needed to fill up the roster and, yeah, you know, I'll take the 900K or whatever the heck. No, I think Marcus Johansson would hope that he wants a little bit more going on here. Uh, returning to the wild, I have no idea, but maybe there is a glimmer of hope for that if he continues to uh, build some chemistry with his teammates. That's one positive I would have to say has been coming out of the week here with Marcus Johansson the past few weeks. I've been impressed, actually. He's been quite a playmaker, to be quite honest. Not spectacular, but he's been he's been a part of things. And beforehand, he really was not a part of things. He was invisible. 3-2 to two loss, at least we got a point out of it. So in the three games, you chuck that all up to, well, we got half of the points we could have gotten, that type of thing. Obviously, the St. Louis Blues game on Monday the 12th was postponed because of events in Brooklyn Center. Well, I'll just leave it at that. I'm not going to get into it. Uh... April 14th, yesterday, Minnesota Wild defeat the Arizona Coyotes in a 5-2. to Solid, solid overall team effort, I'd have to say. Is it the greatest game I ever saw? Not necessarily, but it was pretty fun. Um, <laughs> you got to see my guy, Jacob Shikran, finish on the power play. That's just what he does. You know, I mean, he is awesome, isn't he? I think it's only his second power play goal of the season, though, which is weird. But he had, like, eight power play assists as of, like, two weeks ago or so. Uh, very, very valuable guy. Jacob Shikran has really, really emerged for the Arizona Coyotes. I wouldn't mind having him on the Minnesota Wild roster, to be quite honest, despite the fact we have a lot of good defensemen here. This was kind of a great day for the old guys in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways, it was kind of generally the old guys, Lofial and Kaprizov, would each get a point on Benino's power play goal. That was a nice combination. Those guys all working together. Pretty cool. Benino, obviously, for the faceoffs, and Kaprizov and Viola. Again, Kaprizov kept the puck in the zone on that play. Uh, as Arizona tried to clear the puck, Kaprizov just kind of swallowed the puck up. It was awesome. Uh, I gave it to Fiala for a second, got it back. Kind of tried to tried to center the pass. It bounced off a defender and right to Benino for the finish. That was really cool. Kaprizov looked like he might have been hitting the chin or something. Uh, milliseconds before the play, <laughs> before the puck was let go, basically, to uh, Benino. But luckily, he's okay. He just kind of got banged up a little bit. That's why I saw him kind of grabbing his face a little bit instead of uh, celebrating too excitedly after Benino put the Wild up 3-1. to one. But a great day for the old guys here. Marcus Johansson is 30. He's not that old, but he's older. Uh, nice setup to Matt Zuccarello. He did multiple times in this game with Matt Zuccarello. Nice uh, combination there. Johansson and Zuccarello. Kind of cool. Kind of cool. You know, you didn't really think about Johansson and Zuccarello before. You thought about Kaprizov and Zuccarello, or Zuccarello Kaprizov. You know, spectacular passing and Kaprizov finishing on Zuccarello's unbelievable passing. Zuccarello got two goals in the game, and Johansson, of all people, multiple assists in the past. You thought maybe Johansson is more of a goal scorer type of guy, but, well, he's a more than capable passer, and you're seeing it. You're seeing it in a good way here, albeit from the winger as a center, but he's pretty much been wing all season. And he made a couple of nifty passes here. The dump-off pass on the second goal for Zuccarello. The first one was basically a kind of a setup, like kind of a centering pass, you could say, to Zuccarello on a, a bit of a one-time type of play. Uh, but both of them were on the power play. Minnesota Wild scored three power play goals in this game. 
It was awesome. And then the Arizona Coyotes also. Again, Jacob Shikrin, their goal was on the power play. And then a very late uh, Phil Kessel goal made it 5-2. to two. Well, not very late, but midway through the third period. But the Wilds still with a commanding 5-2 to two lead. Of course, we're all terrified because you never know what's going to happen. It's funny to think, as good as Cam Talbot has been, Arizona's only win against Minnesota was Cam Talbot's, I believe, his first game back. And he was just not, he was not sharp. And again, that's further proof. When a goalie comes back after a long layoff, usually the, it's like an opposite effect. You think, oh, they're rested, they're going to be great. Not always. Not always. When they're sitting around too much, I think they're going to struggle. You saw that with Talbot again coming back with the injury, and then you saw that with Kapokakinen. He was out for too long. Got to get Kakinen in there more. You don't want Talbot to wear down or get banged up. Something weird happens heading into the postseason because the Wild will be in the postseason this year. Uh, Talbot, you're, is, you're, we're going to be counting on him. And, well, Kapokakinen uh, needs to be in the net more and more. I think, moving forward. Again, also to regain his confidence. I mean, we might need him in Game 7 of a playoff series. You never know. Game 7 versus the Golden Knights. You know? You just don't know what's going to happen. So, we're counting on him. Andy Ranta has just definitely, uh, he's definitely been a disappointment at Arizona. Thought of as a very positive free agent signing about two and a half years ago. Hasn't worked out so great. Luckily, they were able to get Darcy Kemper, and then even that uh, Aiden Hill has been very solid uh, developing behind uh, Darcy Kemper, generally speaking. Anti Ranta, boy, I don't know. Just It's not worked out at all. Nick Benino with three points in the game. Did you ever think you'd see that with Minnesota? <laughs> Benino's been very quiet in the goal-scoring department, but generally speaking, and just the scoring in general department. But at the end of the day, you know, very, very nice game. And, of course, the face-offs and the intangibles he brings definitely helps. It's like, don't look now, but Zach Parisi now has 16 points. Obviously, he had a very nice pass to Jared Spurgeon for his fifth goal already. Jared Spurgeon, wow. He's really... Parisi and Spurgeon, two guys that had hardly any points about a month and a half, two months ago. Spurgeon's got 16 points now. As I keep hearkening back to, he was stuck at like three, four, five points, all assists for like forever for Jared Spurgeon. Now he's at 16. He's starting to look like Jared Spurgeon again. And Parisi quietly, you know, even though he missed time with sickness and he struggled this and that off and on during the course of the season. He's been bottom six all year because that's just what he is now. But still, 16 points in 33 games. I've seen worse. I've seen worse. He's about at a 40-point clip, honestly. That's not that bad. I've seen worse. Uh, you could have a worse uh, bottom six forward. And, of course, the Moose returned, which had everybody excited. I think that got everybody up a bit as well. 16 total points on the season still in 24 games. Actually, <laughs> what a productive year for Marcus Foligno. Uh, we could talk very briefly off and on about the uh, the trades or lack thereof. Uh, there was combina- uh, conversation, pardon me, about Nick Foligno possibly coming to the, 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 the Minnesota Wild, but it looked like the, the it looked like the price was just too high, especially when you consider he's just a rental and maybe you can sign him as a free agent. We'll see what happens. As we're going to kind of bounce around at the NHL trade uh, deadline and also the grading the uh, Minnesota Wild trade deadline deals of the past decade, Aaron Heckman of Gone Puck Wild writing here. I thought I had it. As again, Aaron Heckman of Gone Puck Wild. Pardon me, this thing was going off and on. Uh, the Wild acquired, this was the most recent one, grading from A to basically A to F, the different grades. Aaron Heckman, <laughs> Galchenyuk for Addison, or yeah, Galchenyuk and Addison, and a 2021 first round pick for Jason Zucker. Pretty good trade, actually. Pittsburgh Penguins graded A. I agree with that grade. 
What a nice acquisition. And look at Kalen Addison, the way he's been developing in Iowa. We'll talk about him shortly. shortly. Uh, Belanger, way back in 2010, the Minnesota, acquire, uh, Minnesota Wild acquired a second-round pick for Eric Belanger. He was not that good. He was okay once in a while, but at least we got a 2021 second-round pick there. Uh, next one is acquired, wow, Curtis Foster, Mr. Palmieri, and... Stefan Veo and a 2022 second round pick, a conditional 2013 third round pick for Merrick Zidlicky. That was in 2012. Merrick Zidlicky, who was good for a little while, then disappointing. Fiala for Granlin, 2019. Ultimately, that could be an A when you consider how Granlin's dropped off. But imagine if we were able to squeak out some kind of a draft pick there. That would definitely be an A plus. But uh, Fiala definitely an upgrade. Uh, definitely up there with the, the B. I would give it at least a B plus or A minus though, but I don't think he put a minus or plus on anything. It's just straight up letters here. This one, I'm not sure I agree with too much. Not really. Uh, 2017. No. This was a this was 2015. Uh, the Wild acquired Chris Stewart for a 2017 second round pick. Um, I don't know. Second round pick for Chris Stewart? I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that one 100%. Again, it's not personal. It's business. We all have our own opinions. Stewart was productive, but he wasn't that good. Uh, Second-round pick's kind of expensive for what Chris Stewart was. I wasn't as high on Stewart as some of the other people were out there. This was a big one, and it ended up being, it ended up being pretty good for a little while. It's just, unfortunately, Pominville's contract uh, that we signed him to ended up not helping us long-term. But for the two years there, Pominville, what a nice addition he was. That's why it's a B. Otherwise, it could have been an A, but it just wasn't. Obviously, when you consider what we gave up, it wasn't that much. Uh, Pominville, this was in... 2012-2013, so it was during that season when we got to the play of the Chicago Blackhawks. They called them Colorado last week, but it was Chicago, and we lost in five games. We acquired Jason Pominville in a 20, 20, uh, 2014 fourth-round pick for Hackett, who was very disappointing. Matt Hackett, boy, I thought at the time I was scared like he's going to be a really good goalie. Are you sure? He ended up being terrible. He ended up not making it at all. Uh, Johan Larson, who was just fourth line at best, and he was a second-round pick. Think about that. A lot of people thought, man, this is an expensive trade. And a 2013 first-round pick, a 2014 second-round pick. This is in 2013. A pretty steep trade when you think about it. Pominville was a really, really good player at the time, like a 60- to 80-point guy with the Buffalo Sabres. Believe it or not, the Sabres actually used to be somewhat decent. Somewhat decent. At least Pominville was good for them anyway. Uh, he was really good for about two years, unfortunately. Unfortunately, uh, within a couple of years, though, Pominville's uh, prowess started to drop off by about 2015. He was more of a liability than a than a good thing, but he was adequate. In 2019, no, 2018, the Minnesota Wild got a fifth-round pick for Mike Riley, former Gopher. Disappointing player and only a fifth-round pick, kind of a meh trade. Uh, t- uh, Tom Gilbert for Nick Schultz, 2012, kind of meh as well. One mediocre defense and for another. Nick Schultz, you could argue, was was the better player. Gilbert, within a year, was, like, terrible. And Schultz ended up lasting forever. But he didn't really ever stand out. Uh, this was a weird one. 2016. Yeah, Nicholas Baxter, where we just kind of dumped him off to the Calgary Flames at the end of his career. I was totally fine with that. It's just that, you know, you can't really expect much for Nicholas Baxter at that stage. He was done at age 38. I mean, he was done. This one I would have graded a little higher. When you consider how he, he was pretty solid. Elibus uh, Brisgalov for a 2014 fourth round pick in 2014. He ended up saving our bacon, man, uh, against the Colorado Avalanche and kept us pretty competitive against the Blackhawks in the second round. In fact, he was the only goalie, I thought, that actually had had the wild uh, 
kind of hanging in there against the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Devin Dubnik got his ass kicked, which was heartbreaking a year later. Absolutely got killed. It was just depressing, man. Uh, we went to six games, and if it wasn't for the stanchion gate, as they call it, we might have gone to game seven, as game six went to OT. And then you know what happened in game sevens for Minnesota on the road in the playoffs? Magic. Wilder 3-0 and in that situation, don't forget. This one's like, what the heck? Yeah, this one's funny. <laughs> the Minnesota Wild acquired Penner and rights to Lettinen, and not the same Lettinen, not the one from uh, the, the Dell Stars, <laughs> for Anton Hudobin, who wound up with the Stars uh, years later. Uh, Anton Hudobin, remember? 2011, yep. He played for the Wild. I thought he was kind of good, and the Minnesota Wild just kind of gave up on him and moved on, and many years later, he was really valuable for the Dallas Stars, telling like a final run. This was one of the worst trades of all time here. Even though I kind of like Cody McCormick, but not really. The Hudobin trade was a great C. Now we're in the D's here. The D's. Matt Bleep and Molson. Oh, we traded away multiple second-round picks for Molson, McCormick, and Mitchell. Mitchell was just kind of, I don't know. I mean, he's just not a factor. McCormick was physical, but not that great. Uh, Tory Mitchell, he was kind of a fast skater. That was about it. And then Molson was just awful. Uh, and he was once thought of as a really, really good second-line goal-scoring winger. And he was just awful. And ever since, I don't know, he'd, he'd, he'd hung around forever. Kind of a, I, He went from, again, like a really good second-line winger to like a quad-A player. It was weird. A quad-A player. It was strange. Like, he's too good for the AHL, uh, but not qualified to be in the NHL. It was weird what happened with him. Like, his confidence just vanished. Uh, 2019, Ryan Donato and a conditional fifth-round pick for Charlie Coyle. Yeah, I can understand why that, that's not enough for what you once thought Charlie Coyle was. But at the same time, Coyle, it was just good to get him out of here, honestly, because, again, you know, same old thing, same old thing. Nothing was going to change. Coyle is what he is, and he really wasn't a fit for the long-term plans in Minnesota Wild anymore, and he really wasn't. The worst trade, I think, this is one of the worst of all time. This is still in the Ds. I would have given it an F. Barker for, you know, uh, for Janssen and Letty, 2010. That was a terrible trade. That was the first bad trade of uh, Chuck Fletcher's career. Nick Letty ended up being adequate. Uh, Sean Bergenheim in a seventh, uh, 2016 seventh-round pick for a 2013 third-round pick. Again, that's just throwing a draft pick away, 2015. And the worst trade of all, I think. Martin Hansel and, boy, Ryan White, awful. Hansel was nothing, just an absolute nothing. He was slow and he stunk. Ryan White was an idiot. Mistake after mistake. He didn't. He doesn't belong in the NHL whatsoever. I don't think he ever played another NHL game again after the Minnesota Wild uh, did not resign him in the offseason. Uh, oh, oh, we got a 2017 fourth round pick at least, too. Yep, at least we got that. That was exciting. Uh, we also got rid of Grayson Downing. Isn't that exciting? Grayson Downing, a 2017 first round pick. A 2018 second round pick. You realize this? Yeah, who we got in return here. And a 2019 conditional first round pick. Wow. I think that was the worst. Yep, and I, I agree with uh, Mr. Aaron Heckman there in a big way. Yep, thank you for that. Great uh, Gone Puck Wild article there. So now we'll look at some of the trays really quickly here before I babble too long. Sorry for spending too much time, maybe, but uh, it was cool looking at the, the past of trade deadline situation. Riley Nash to the Columbus Blue Jackets in exchange for a 20 sec, uh, 2022 conditional 7th round pick. Yay. <laughs> That's the definition of a match trade. Colorado Avalanche acquired Patrick Nimeth to from the Detroit Red Wings in exchange for a 4th round selection in 2022. Um, 
so yep, and then Drew Nick was traded to the Sharks for a oh for a defenseman Greg Pattern and a fifth round pick. Greg Pattern, remember Greg Pattern? It's just funny. Both Minnesota Wild players very recently, of course. Brandon Montour to the Buffalo are from the Buffalo Sabers in exchange for a third round pick. That was in Montreal. Interesting there. Interesting. The Panthers acquired Montour from Montreal. Tampa Bay Lightning acquired defenseman David Savard, not Dennis, but David. Dennis a little bit further back there from the Columbus Blue Jackets as part of a three-team trade. They don't happen as much in the NHL for the Detroit Red Wings in exchange for the Lightning's first-round pick in the uh, in the 2021 NHL draft and third-round pick in 2022. Interesting. New Jersey Devils acquired Jonas Seingather from the Washington Capitals in exchange for a conditional third-round pick in 2021. Montreal Canadiens acquired defenseman John Merrill from the T-Trade Red Wings for a fifth-round pick in 2021 for Hayden Verbeek. Not Pat Verbeek. Hayden Verbeek. I believe that's his nephew. Remember Patrick Pat Verbeek of the Hartford Whalers and Dallas Stars, but Hartford Whalers, baby. Hartford frickin' Whalers. That's when he was awesome. And here's the one that here's the one that basically sealed the deal for the Wild to not make a trade. Maple Leafs acquire Nick Foligno from the Columbus Blue Jackets and forward Stefan Nussen. I don't know why that just loaded. Crap. There we go. From the Sharks, San Jose Sharks, in exchange for a first-round pick in the 2021 NHL Draft, a fourth-round pick in 2022, and NHL Draft going to and going to Columbus is a fourth-round pick in the 2021 NHL Draft going to San Jose. Okay, so that went to the Sharks. But Felino, it could have been a first-round pick if Minnesota was going to get him just kind of straight up. But uh, So I'm okay with that. David Riddich is leaving the Calgary Flames. David Riddich is going to Toronto to help out there, maybe back up uh, Frederick there. Uh, is it Fredrickson? Um, I forget. Yep, yeah, uh, with Toronto there. David Riddich is on his way out in exchange for a third-round pick. That's not too bad. Mike Riley is going to the Boston Bruins. The former Govers getting traded again in exchange for a third-round pick. Mike Riley, third-round pick? Well, I guess he was kind of productive with Ottawa. Third-round pick? Hmm. Interesting. New York Islanders acquire Braden Coborn from the Ottawa Senators in exchange for a seventh-round pick. Pittsburgh Penguins acquire Jeff Carter of the Kings. He'd been there forever in exchange for conditional picks, whatever that means, in 2022 and 2023. Hmm. Here's a huge one. Boston Bruins acquire, well, we'll see if it's, if it's huge. Who knows? It might be disappointing because he didn't do anything for Arizona last year in the playoffs that are, or, well, playoff push, excuse me. Taylor Hall and Curtis Lazar from the Buffalo Sabres in exchange for forwards. Anders Bjork and a forward Anders Bjork and a second round pick in 2021. Interesting one there. Maybe Taylor Hall skating for the Wild, but no, he's over 30 already. Chicago Blackhawks acquire Adam Gaudet in exchange for Matthew Highmore. Dmitry Kukulov to the Devils for a fourth round pick. <laughs> Move around a little bit here. Tapmay Lightning acquire Frederick Clayson from the Sharks. And the rights to goaltender Magus Shorna. Avalanche acquire Carl Soderberg in exchange for Josh Dickinson from the Blackhawks and the rights to Ryler Rolston. Hmm, Rolston. Hmm, I'm guessing he's real, uh, Ryder Rolston. I'm guessing he's related to Brian Rolston. And some of these other trades, it's just, okay, let's just keep moving along. Here's an interesting one, maybe. Hayden Flurry. Wow. <laughs> Anaheim Ducks acquire Hayden Flurry from the Carolina Hurricanes in exchange for our defenseman Johnny Hockenbaugh and a sixth round pick. That just goes on forever. <laughs> Can't talk about all of them, really. Most of them are just kind of 
prospects getting moved around and such. So we'll move on from that. Part apologize if that got a little bit to be too much there, a little monotonous at the end of the day. But the Mike Madonna Award for this episode might as well go to Cam Talbot. I mean, I think he stood out the best, really, this week. Obviously, Kaprizov was great. Nick Medino is an honorable mention. I mean, he was really good, actually, this past week. He might get a... And Marcus Johansson, it's kind of like those three guys. It might be kind of like... They might all kind of share it. Kind of like a gentle version of the Mike Madonna Award, especially when you had a terrible game. Uh, that 9-1 to loss of the St. Louis Blues. So they'll kind of share, like, a light version of it. Talbot... Benino and, uh, and Marcus Johansson all had a really, really, really nice week, I think, particularly in the two games that Wild were competitive at the end of the day. The James Shepard Memorial, you got to just go with the whole roster there. It's not going to be Kakinen, it's going to be everybody in the 9-1 to loss. Sorry. They uh, started bad, basically, at the end of the day. With that, we'll take a break, and we'll come back, and we'll preview four games against two teams, the Sharks and the Coyotes. back here on Brave the Wild, segment number two. We're going to preview four games, but really with two teams, so it's simplified. But it's kind of nice. makes things a little bit easier. We're also going to look at the prospects a little bit. Of course, you got the AHL going, a little bit of juniors, and of course the uh, wrap-up of the NCAA hockey tournament. Congratulations, Philip Lindbergh winning a national championship last weekend. But first, we're going to jump into the Vigit application. The Vigit application, we're affiliated with them, coming out of Pennsylvania. appreciate it very much. Obviously, you can download it for either Apple or Android. Basically, you can post about your picks, see what others are saying about games. So it's basically a free sports betting application. You do not use real money. This is not for real money wagering. Uh, there's Vigit Betting Leagues, a month-long betting competition to see who who the best sports better is over the course of a month. So basically, like groups and all that. You can have a group, a Brave the Wild Group on Vigit, a Purple Mafia group on Vigit, Timberwolves Explosion group on Vigit. Uh, bet free coins, win real prizes. So it's like free to play sports book. Betting stats. There's great information available on Vigit, on, on the Vigit line movement where the public is betting. So very, very enjoyable. Do join it. Do get the application out to join it. Again, you can bet free coins and win real prizes. Looks kind of like Bitcoin a little bit, but obviously you're not dealing with Bitcoin. When they ask for a referral code, simply type in Paladino Live. Paladino Live. I'll put this in the show description. So that'll be all ready, set for you to go. The Minnesota Wild will play the Sharks twice. The San Jose Sharks, that is. And the Arizona Coyotes twice again as well. So staying in the division as always, of course. As, as always, that's been the case all season. San Jose Sharks no longer have Devin Dumnik. So we'll probably see Martin Jones in the net. Martin Jones has, has had some good moments this year, believe it or not. Devin Dumnik. I didn't hear. Yeah, Devin Dumnik is off to the... Colorado Avalanche. He's had some up and down moments during the course of the season. So who's going to be a net now for San Jose if it's not Martin Jones? Joseph Corner or Alexi Melanchuk? Melanchuk. Yeah, it's getting interesting. Evander Kane's leading the club in scoring. Thomas Hurdle. There's even talk about the Wilds should trade for him and this and that. And that would have been cool and everything, but it just, well, just didn't happen. Logan Couture, who's had some moments. Couture 
He's had moments off and on during the course of the season. He's got 14 goals. Evander Kane's got 16. He's the best goal scorer on the Sharks, no question. <clears throat> Ryan Donato's been solid during the course of the season with 19 points. Brent Burns, 25 total points on the year, five goals. Obviously, he's dominated the Wild off and on during the course of the season. And last time around, Eric Carlson was just a headache as he'd been so disappointing all year this year and was pretty mediocre last year. Signed this massive contract after being traded from the Ottawa Senators to the San Jose Sharks, just in time for the Sharks to kind of drop off the map and not be good anymore, which is sad, but true. <laughs> That's just how that goes sometimes, isn't it? Too little, too late, day late, and the dollar short. That's definitely the theme for the San Jose Sharks the last year and a half, I would have to say. Day late and a dollar short. They are definitely a dollar short in the Eric Carlson uh, deal. So, the Wild, can we take care of business against this club? I would hope so, but man, it was pretty rotten last time around. Uh, but the whole puck possession battle. The Sharks dominated it off and on. Uh, Mark, so we'll look at the injury situation. Mark Edward Vlasic, that would be the guy. I used to call him the pickle man because of Vlasic Pickles. Upper body injury as of April the, April the 3rd, so he's been missing for a while. Matt Nieto has had a lower body injury since the 20th of March. So maybe an ankle or something like that. See what happens there. Kevin Fiala had an upper body injury. They said he was looking at his shot. I don't know if he got hit in the hand or what the deal was. But uh, how he had to miss the first St. Louis game, and he's been better since, thankfully. Nick Bugle has had an upper body injury ever since uh, April the 6th, and Marcus Foligno just returned. They're still showing him there. Just returned, lower body injury, definitely an ankle. They say broken ankle, basically hit off the, the puck and everything, hit from a shot, basically at the end of the day. The Sharks are 25th in goals. The Wild are 12th. Goals against the Sharks are 26th. The Wild are 8th. The... Minnesota Wild power play continues to climb. We're now 25th at 17.1%. It's been unbelievable. In fact, for the month of April, two weeks in, so still got a ways to go. Minnesota Wild has the number one power play in the NHL. What do you think of that? After being the worst power play in the NHL from October, pretty much all the way until March. But uh, obviously we were in the 20s in those individual months, but generally speaking, it was the worst power play in the league by far. Penalty kill, the Wild is 5th in the league. 83.7. Sharks are 12th, which is decent, and both clubs have a major problem with penalties. Wilder, the worst penalty team in the league. Most penalties team in the league with 417 minutes. The Sharks just 6 minutes behind at 28th place in the league. The Sharks have had some moments against Minnesota this season, and in fact... Why is this saying the Wild lead the series 3-0? That is false. That's just flat-out false. So <laughs> Minnesota won the uh, first matchup 4-1. The Sharks won the matchup 5-3. So, well, Wild crushed the Sharks 6-2. In the third matchup, San Jose beat us in the shootout. Yep, that was that Eric Carlson frustration. And then the next game, we lost again 4-2. Uh, puck possession, San Jose. San Jose swept us in that little back-to-back uh, -back situation. So we'll see what happens coming up here. Hopefully we don't get swept again. Uh, I don't think it was back-to-back, -back, though. It was like a Monday and Wednesday type of deal. You know how those go. In this case, it is back-to-back. -back. So do expect Capo Kakinen to be a net on one of the days here. I believe it's a Friday-Saturday situation. Um, it's going to be... Capo Kakinen's got to get back in net. He has got to. Uh, it is a Friday-Saturday. And next week, it's going to be a back-to-back -back with the Los Angeles Kings and the San Jose Sharks. So we'll have to travel north for Saturday from Los Angeles to San Jose, California next week. But these will both be in the X. So a little bit, little bit easier in a sense. At least you're staying in one place and you're at home and this and that. Boy, oh boy. Last time around, though, it was in San Jose, the Shark Tank, which used to be absolutely a death knell for the Wild for years in the Joe Thornton era and such which was a long time, the Joe Thornton era. 
Uh, we always lost to the Sharks back in those days. Back going all the way back to Danny Heatley and such. Um, man, uh, we got to at least get a split here, hopefully a sweep. I would hope a sweep. And really, in this three-game or, or four-game group here coming up in the next week's show, we got to go at least three and one, don't we? you got to at least go three and one. I mean, if you're going to lose one, you're going to lose one. Maybe have a stinker against the Sharks or the, or the Arizona Coyotes. But And you've and you got to think Arizona's going to get another break in there somewhere. That's what I'm afraid of as well. I mean, it could be a really frustrating 500 week, but who knows? Hopefully the Wild at least go three and one. If not 4-0. 4-0 would feel freaking awesome. Then you're on another five-game win streak heading into Los Angeles next Friday. Capo Kakinen, will he play tonight? Uh, tonight, uh, Friday night, pardon me. I think Kakinen gets the nod in the first game. Last time around, I thought he would get it in the second one. But then they gave it to him in the first, and then it was Demolition Derby. Get Kakinen in there. He's already had a week off. Don't make him think about it anymore. Just get him in there, and hopefully the Minnesota Wild win. And I will pick a wild victory. 4-2, Capo Kakinen steps up and has a good performance. Stops over 30 shots in the game from the Sharks. The Wild end up winning 4-2 to two against a team that gives up goals. So hopefully it's not going to be Martin Jones looking like uh, Ken Dryden again like he did last time around. That was, like, weird. Come on, Martin Jones? Yeah, he looked like Ken Dryden out there. <laughs> he sure did. 4-2 uh, to win over Minnesota. The most likely guy to score will be Kirill Kaprizov. The next day, uh, Cam Talbot, will he keep rolling? Will he keep winning games? As he's been so spectacular at home, Kakanen was great on the road. I think it'd be nice to see him get one of those Arizona games on the road, but I don't know. I think he's just going to get one of these two, and I do believe he wins four to two. The next game, maybe Talbot. I don't know, three to two win for the Sharks. Maybe one of the maybe the Sharks have some kind of weird uh, situation here where they really step up in that again. Uh, Martin Jones. I, I can't imagine he's going to play in both games though which may help the Wild in a big way. Maybe going against an inexperienced goaltender who hasn't really seen a whole lot of action. And, because, I, I mean, I, I don't know. They have a weird situation going on in San Jose. Obviously, I mean, Dubnik was no long-term solution for anything. He's in his mid-30s. He's been pretty lousy, even though he had a couple of good moments, particularly a good game against the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, which uh, Isha of the Soda Pod reminded me of <laughs> a few weeks back. Um... I got a feeling we're going to have a three to two loss somewhere in here, four to two, maybe in like a maybe it goes to a shootout or, or an empty net situation, but three or four to two type of thing. I keep coming up with four two in like almost every game. It's kind of funny, but I think the Wild end up not winning one of these games. Nope, I'm going to change my mind. The Wild do sweep the San Jose Sharks. We do uh, a three to two type of situation, massively empty net, but three to two situation for Minnesota with Cam Talbot in net. The Wild do win. We sweep the Sharks. I've got a different vibe coming now. Uh, the most likely guy to score on Saturday. Let's go with uh, <laughs> let's go with Jared Spurgeon. Just keeps it coming. His sixth goal of the season. Minnesota Wild end up defeating the Sharks. So we actually sweep the Sharks because their goalie situation is getting a little weird now. As long as we were able to beat Martin Jones in one of the games, I got to think we're going to beat one of the we're going to beat one of those other guys. At the end of the day, I can't imagine. The wild win, uh, losing both of those. It might actually be a five to two wild win, but Spurgeon's going to get one of the goals. Arizona again. We play Arizona for the ninety fifth time, and I think Arizona's going to get one of the wins, one of their wins, because they have the Wild have dominated the Arizona Coyotes all year, and this is the season wrap up between these in these two games coming up Monday and Wednesday. I think Arizona's not going to let the Wild off with uh, just a sweep here at the end of the day. I don't think so. They they got to be getting hungry. I'm sure they're very frustrated. 
I think they're going to get at least one more win this season, and the Wild end up winning the season series 6-2 to two over the Arizona Coyotes. 6-2 to two in the eight games. Uh, Coyotes win on Monday. I'll say the Coyotes win on Monday after the sweep. Uh, final score... Uh, five to two. no, it's going to be four to two for the Arizona Coyotes. Three to one, four to two. I think the I I just think that Arizona is going to do something. They're just going to get the job done in one of those games. We'll go with like a five to three win for Arizona, and then the Wild end up winning the next one. They end up winning the next one five to three, five to three, five to two, five to two. A significant win on Wednesday. Most likely got a score on Monday. It's going to be. Uh, we'll go with Kevin Fiala. And on Wednesday, I'm going to go with a real crazy one. Jordan Greenway finally puts one in the net again. That would be great. Obviously, we're playing against the same guys here. I mean, Darcy Kemper, has he been out, or what's the story with him? It seems like we never go against Darcy Kemper anymore. Uh, yeah, lower body injury is on March the 8th, so that's why. Yep, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, where is Darcy Kemper been? Marion Hosa is about with the flu. Marion Hosa. Marion Hosa? Come on, what's going on here? Yeah, it's not Marion Hosa. Come on. <laughs> Jordan Gross has uh, uh, got a lower body injury as of April 11th. So, yeah, that's uh, Darcy Camber injury has really derailed the Arizona Coyotes. But I just I don't think they're going to let us off. I think it's going to be a trap here somewhere. The, the Coyotes have been awful. They've lost like five-plus games in a row. The Sharks have had some moments here and there, but they're not that good either. And, obviously, they gave up one of their uh, – they gave up their backup goaltender already old veteran backup goaltender who might have had a good game against the Wild, believe it or not, if he was in net in one of those games. I think Minnesota does lose one of these games, though. I think Aiden Hill will be the guy in net when the uh, Arizona Coyotes win, or, yeah, win, and then Antti Ranta will be in net when the Coyotes do not win. The Wild beat Ranta again, but lose to Aiden Hill, who's been a thorn in the Wild side in the past. Let's uh, now move on to the prospects, eh? Well, that Frozen Four, at least the uh, the Frozen Four games were good. The National Championship game, not so much. A 5 nothing crushing for the St. Cloud State Huskies to the hands of the uh, UMass Amherst, uh, the Minutemen. Cool name, Minutemen. Very patriotic, right? Minnesota Duluth knocked out by the Minutemen. That's when I knew the Minutemen were going to win the National Championship. I, I, I just knew it, and it was going to wind up as the most Minnesota thing ever. You got three. Minnesota teams in the Frozen Four, but there's always that one team that's not from Minnesota. It's from the East Coast. Guess what? The East Coast team won the national championship. The UMass Amherst Minutemen with <laughs> a guy by the name of Philip Lindbergh, who was unfortunately not going to be a net in the Frozen Four game, but his teammate, his buddy, his goalie platoon buddy, Matt Murray, not of the Pittsburgh Penguins, I know. Okay, Matt Murray, Matthew Murray, held his own. He held his own against the two-time defending national champion Minnesota Duluth. UMass ended up surviving in overtime. I mean, you see a game go to overtime against Duluth, it's like, uh, Duluth wins. They've won nine straight uh, tournament games. They've been spectacular. And I tweeted out <clears throat> in that third period, the winner of this game wins the national championship. Was I right or was I right? It wasn't going to be St. Cloud. It wasn't going to be Mankato. Uh, and, of course, uh, St. Cloud had already won. They were waiting for the winner of Duluth versus uh, UMass Amherst. So one way or another, you're going to get a Minnesota team in the national championship game from the other side. Uh, you thought for sure Duluth would make it. Oh, Duluth's going to make it for sure because they're you know they're the they're like you know they're Minnesota Duluth. They're a dynasty, and they are. They are a dynasty. They deserve that uh, title. Uh, Saint Cloud State finally getting to a national championship game. Mankato State Mavericks. Minnesota State Mankato Mavericks finally getting a uh, tournament win against Minna, 
Minnesota. No, actually not against Minnesota, against uh, Quinnipiac, and then they crushed the Minnesota Gophers, which was disgusting. Very similar to what uh, UMass Amherst did to the St. Cloud State Huskies. Pretty much, they just dominated the puck, and they won the game. It's just that simple. Very happy that Phil Lindbergh was able to come in and play. It must have been a, uh, it must have been a false positive or a negative uh, test, something like that, where it was more of like a precautionary thing. That's why he was unable to play. That or maybe the time, the time. But I mean, the news broke pretty late that Phil Lindbergh was not going to be able to play in the Frozen Four game, but then ultimately did get to play in the national title game. He was shut out by Minnesota Duluth, of all teams, two years ago in a 3 nothing loss to the Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs when they went up winning their second straight national championship because they, they couldn't play last year and maybe they would have won three in a row. Who knows? Poor Nick Swain. He didn't get to play in the tournament last year, but what an unbelievable professional career for Nick Sweeney. We're about to talk about him in a second. But um, Philip Lindbergh, instead of getting, instead of seeing his team in front of him get shut out, he wound up shutting out the St. Cloud State Huskies and leading to a national championship. So very, very, very happy for Philip Lindbergh signing with the, uh, or winding up winning a national championship this past uh, couple of weeks here, or this past week. Very, very exciting. Nick Sweeney, again, unfortunately, unable to sign, uh, unable to get a third national championship, but what an amazing run for him. Leading goal scorer tied with the uh, tied with one other guy, 13 goals on the season with Duluth. What an amazing run, though. I'm very happy to have him on the Minnesota Wild at the end of the day. He'll be at least starting off with the Iowa Wild. It's a one-year entry-level contract. Only one year, shoot, but uh, we'll hopefully keep him around after this. Which wish it was three. 28 points this past year. Again, 13 goals, 15 assists. Uh, he is now on an ATO, as they call it, amateur tryout for the remainder of the season. And we'll see. He has not played for the Iowa Wild just yet, but should be coming up here very, very shortly. I believe as soon as tonight, Matt Boldy off to a spectacular start with the Iowa Wild. We'll get back to him extremely shortly as we go back and forth here. Again, just very happy to have Nick Sweeney in the fold. Now the talk is they're still kind of letting the guys think it over. Sam Henches is, I believe that's how you say his name, Sam Henches. And even Matt Hedricks said that. Hendricks said that on the uh, Straight from the Source podcast with Michael Russo. I always thought it was Henches. You know, heck, the Vice President of Operations for uh, Maple Grove Boston Scientific was Dale Henches. Maybe even a relative of the guy. Uh, it wasn't Hentges or Hentges or Hentjula, whatever the heck. <laughs> it's Hentges. Uh, Henches, and then, of course, Philip Lindbergh. We'll wait and see what their decision is moving forward. They will be both going into their senior year in college if they do not come to the, uh, at least the Iowa Wild next season. Moving forward. Bryce Misley, of course, again, <laughs> with Iowa Wild. Two points so far. One goal, one assist. Six total games for him. We're going to Iowa right now. Uh, K. Kaelin Addison just continues to dominate him and Matt Boldy <laughs> hooking up on a couple of nice plays in their first three games together. Uh, they'll be teammates hopefully for Minnesota, uh, for many years in Minnesota, which would be great. Kaelin Addison, six goals, 11 assists, 17 total points. Gabriel Dumont is a point-a-game guy, but unfortunately for him, 29 years of age. Damian Giroux, again, who's been used in every situation for the, the for the Iowa Wild power play penalty kill only 20 years of age 18 points in 23 games extremely solid crazy to think though Kalen Addison is only one point behind him and he's played in less games because he was up in Minnesota for a little bit Connor DeWeer also been 
absolutely great. He is tied for the team lead in goals with Gabriel DeMont with nine for the Iowa Wild, who have been playing significantly better the past few weeks. Ryan O'Rourke, who would have been in juniors, has been really holding his own all season at age of 18. <laughs> wow, Ryan O'Rourke, who's got captain uh, in his future. You know, he's, he's, he's captain material, alternate captain, whatever it is. Louis Belpedio finally got his fourth assist. He's only had five total points on the season. Definitely been a frustrating run for him. Mason Shaw has been in and out, but generally very solid. And uh, Gerald Mayhew, who'd been on the taxi squad most of the year and unable to play with the Iowa Wild, but uh, kind of hanging around here for in case of emergency, so to speak. He's been picking it up of late as Iowa's offense has been getting better. Good for him. And and Derek Barabo, uh, as I'm saying it correctly now, 5-1 five, five on the season. Very strong goals against average. A lot of people are saying the Wild, he's not really a serious prospect for the Minnesota Wild, but I think he's okay. If he's holding his own like this in the AHL, why shouldn't he be a candidate? Why shouldn't he be like a, you know, like a Dwayne Rolston or like a, something like that? Nicholas Backstrom, who just kind of popped up, you know? Wasn't a high draft pick or anything. Wasn't a draft pick at all. Ended up being a good player in the in the NHL. Maybe, I don't think uh, Barabo is necessarily a Nicholas Backstrom or <laughs> Dwayne Rolison or anything. But who knows? I mean, don't write him off just yet. Isn't he like only 21? So, and again, Hunter Jones, very strong when he, uh, very strong the past few weeks there in the Clerks getting that shot out. I felt so good for him after the horrible, painful start for him. Again, with half of the lineup being kind of tossed around all over the place. But now it's becoming a pretty strong team. You get Matthew Boldy, who's been awesome in the three games he's played in. Two goals, one assist. And now we're going to add Nick Sweeney to the mix as well. A guy who's won multiple national championships and he's very productive. He shoots the puck a hell of a lot, so obviously his shot percentage is probably not too high, considering 13 goals versus like a, you know, as as, uh, as Derek Felska would say, like nine shots a game, basically. You know, I'm, obviously he's just kind of like having fun exaggerating, but it's true though. He shoots way, he shoots a lot, but doesn't always finish, that kind of thing. Kind of like Parisi, right? No. <laughs> Sorry. Kind of like Parisi, though, just being honest, right? Um, at least it's nice to see Iowa kind of, kind of settling down and getting better again, which feels damn good for after such a horrendous start to the season. I feel bad uh, again for the goaltenders there, especially Hunter Jones. That was uh, extremely painful. A uh, guy who's been mentioned recently, Philip Johansson, obviously strong, strong season this past year, very uh, much kind of hanging in there. He got into the postseason, looks like they're done though, which is unfortunate. Two games, no goals. For Philip Johansson's in the postseason for his club. Not sure why only two games, but that's kind of how it is at the moment. 11 total points, 6 goals in 46 games for Frolunda. Frolunda. Good for him, at least, at the very least. We'll kind of bounce around now a bit into juniors. <clears throat> again, Ivan Lodney hasn't played a single game for Iowa. That's getting frustrating. And again, we're still waiting for Sam Henches and Philip Lindbergh, the two most recent seventh-round picks. See what happens with them. Uh, not most recent, but recent 2018 and 2019, both of them moving into their senior year, interestingly enough, and Sweeney finishing his senior year, coming to Iowa right now. Again, uh, Marco Rossi is just about healthy, ready to go, so we'll see him in the fall. Really looking forward to how he turns out there. Adam Beckman, very, uh, very much picking it up. He had a huge game very recently for the Spokane Chiefs. Wow. He's now at 16 points in 12 total games, 9 goals. He has, he's exploding again. After a kind of a slow start, 
to the season. Adam Beckman is blowing up again, which is awesome. As clearly, he held his own in Iowa in a big way, uh, especially early on. He had like a big game-winning goal, this and that. So, and at such a young age, uh, for him to be productive like that in the AHL, it's a really, really good sign. And he's just exploding now in the WHL. Hopefully, he can move on to the pros next year, though, with the uh, the whole age situation once he gets to age 20. Most recently, uh, Adam Beckman with a goal and an assist, but he has really picked it up this past week. His multiple point games here, nine goals, seven assists. I got to think he might be prospect of the week as we head into the <laughs> we head into the MNW prospects conversation. As just a few days ago before that, he had two goals and two assists on April the 14th, just a couple days ago here. Spectacular run for him. So six points in three games, basically two points a game here. Really been picking it up. Multiple point games on the the 7th and the 9th also. Adam Beckman after, again, kind of a slow start. He had a three-point game to open up the WHL season for the Spokane Chiefs. It was quiet for about a week and a half there and then just blew up as of April the 7th on after having a couple days off there, uh, really picked it up. Adam Beckman, very, very exciting moving forward here. Again, I look forward to him playing some kind of professional hockey next year, hopefully with the AHL. With that, I think that's mostly it right now. Most of the guys are either in the in the professional level, like AHL, like Brian DeHaim, guys like that, or, you know, the Euro Leagues are done, and there's no OHL or... Uh, QMHL or BCHL, so that's just kind of the situation there. Hovey's season's over. Jack McBain, the college season's over for Boston College. We'll see what happens with him and this and that. He's he's not leaving college, so be exciting to see his junior year how good he does. Uh, obviously, pretty cool. Moving forward, he's actually moving into his senior year, isn't he? Jack McBain, yeah, he's moving into his senior year, just like Sam Henges and uh, Henches and such. With that, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back for the fan interaction segment. <laughs> Time to get to fan interaction and the questions and comments and all that. Twitter, at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild. Derek Felska retweeted the most recent show. I believe it was also retweeted by Vince Germano. Uh, it was liked by Brian Herrera. Thank you so much for that. And then Sound the Foghorn, kind enough to kind of uh, share all of our shows here. He was saying, just a reminder, no pod from us this week. Double dipping Tuesday and Thursday next week. So that tells you they're doing multiple shows. Yep. In the meantime, check out some other great shows, and we were on the list there. Uh, Soda Pod, Bartown Beauty Podcast, Brave the Wild, 10K Rinks, Russo Hockey with Anthony LaPenta. Yep, worst seats in the house. Anthony LaPenta. <laughs> so thank you very much. Uh, stop. Sound the foghorn for that. Really appreciate that. And got some followers this week. This was great. Kind of a fun conversation back and forth and some of these positive and negative games that took place over the course of time. Really appreciate those of you that are following. I mean, just you know, like listening to the show and all that. <clears throat> and then we'll move forward. Derek Felska said, listening to Brave the Wild as Paladino Live, that would be me, talks about the surging Minnesota Wild power play, wild prospects, and the Iowa Wild. Uh, and fan questions too from from uh, yep from Brian J 
and of course uh, Mr. Justin Bakke, MNW Prospects, Derek Felska, Crease and Assist, Crease and Assist, do look that up, basically at Crease and Assist for Twitter, he shares his articles there, and of course you can look it up in Google, but yeah, I mean Twitter, definitely give him a follow-up, Here we'll, he will always uh, jump on board, and I always retweet it as well, that's another way to find him, and <laughs> you'll get him right away, at Crease and Assist, awesome writer, him and his wife, uh, his wife right for uh Teresa Ferries, she writes the previews usually. Derek Felska writes the uh, post-game. And, of course, there's other stories that pop up during the course of the season as well, including a crazy podcaster from Golden Valley once wrote about that. And I, I owe Derek an article as well, don't, don't I? <laughs> from Gone Puck Wild, that's where I write off and on. Not enough. I don't write enough. I'm very grateful they're keeping me on board. I'm just always kind of busy with so many other things, which is frustrating. I'll start writing an article, and then something will happen, and then you know how articles become... You know, sometimes they become obsolete because something happened, something changed, this and that. It's kind of frustrating. All of a sudden, well, yeah, like Johansson, Fiala, they're playing great together. Oh, well, they're not playing together at all now. What the hell? So, stuff like that. Uh, You get the idea there. They were playing great together, but generally speaking, Marcus Johansson. That might be an article in itself. Marcus Johansson finding chemistry all over the place. He's actually doing a good job there. That's actually not a bad article idea. Don't steal it from me now. (laughs) <laughs> trying to move up here for the questions, comments. Tom Han, of course, uh, looking forward to hearing from him again soon. Yep, he'll be yep, he'll he'll be back. Uh, he, uh, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. Uh, his, his mother passed away, so that's why he's been quiet. So major condolences to uh, Tom Han there and uh, his family. So major. I hope he doesn't mind me saying that, by the way. Um, so, yep, Derek was saying, got a question on your mind. Questions and comments are always welcome. Justin Bakke, kind enough to retweet that as well. Derek Felska says, which NHL team do you think was the biggest winner during the trade deadline, and which was the biggest head-scratcher? <clears throat> in a way, Colorado getting Devin Dubnik. In a way, I know I'm being mean. There's multiple head-scratchers, but that one is kind of weird. Devin Dubnik, it's like... But then again, it shows how desperate Colorado is to have some kind of a backup goalie, because without Grubauer, they're dead. That's going to be their undoing. That's going to be their undoing, the goaltending, because Grubauer is getting tired, and look what the Wild did to him. Grubauer is getting worn out. And what happened to the Wild every year when Dubnik was so great? He got worn out, and he stunk in the playoffs because of it. And what's happening to Grubauer? Welcome to the National Hockey League, folks. Don't ever overuse a goaltender. And then you have to desperately, oh, God, we need a backup. We need a backup. Let's get this, like, washed-up like veteran who, you know, hasn't been good for two or three years and hope to God he's okay when it matters and he's not, and we lost and we're out in the first or second round, even though we had a freaking awesome season. I almost dropped an F-bomb. Sounds familiar. Um, it just sounds familiar. Um, Dubnik was good in that, that extremely frustrating St. Louis series. That was just Jake Allen standing on his head for a couple games, and, well, too bad for them it wasn't the cup final and whatever. But uh, they ended up winning the cup final with somebody else named uh, Jordan Bennington. Okay, I'll move forward now. I keep babbling. Derek Felska says, supposedly, Wild wild Player Development Director Brad Bombardier, and of course, former Wild defenseman who I loved, I loved that guy, is talking with some of the Minnesota Wild's college prospects who are juniors, that would be, yep, Philip Lindbergh and Sam Hedges, and leaving the choice up to them whether they go pro. What would you recommend for for them both? Ah, boy. At the end of the day, whatever they feel comfortable with, Oh, man. Philip Lindbergh, if I had to say, if I had to, gun to my head, Philip Lindbergh, stay in school. 
Not just because I'm not like, oh my God, you have to have your degree, blah blah blah. Even though it's good to have, it's good to have. Well, and in their case, at least it's you know it's free. So yeah, that's the other good thing. But I'm not one of those people that's like telling people with a gun to their head, get your degree. You know, it's up to them what they want to do when it comes to that kind of thing. At the end of the day, goalies take longer to develop. Now Lindbergh, he does look like he's mastered college hockey as a goalie. He's kept his goals against average under two, but might as well stay one more year. I mean, because, I mean, do you want to drag him into Iowa right away? Uh, God, that's a tough tie. That's a tough one. Maybe he could be good in Iowa right away. But, you know, goalies just take longer. There's nothing wrong with that. Maybe just one more year. Henches, uh, Henches excuse me, I definitely say stay one more year for Henches. Um, he did not have a very good year. Go out and have a great, strong senior year. Lindbergh, I think, is kind of back and forth. I'm turning into old wishy-washy Charlie Brown right now with Philip Lindbergh because he's done so good from freshman year to, to now. He's kept his goals against average under two. That's, that's awesome. Uh, Sam Henches, though, I say stay for sure. Uh, I don't think he's ready. I think he'd come to the AHL and just, you know, he would just it would just be like a mess season, you know, honestly. Dominate. As a senior, please dominate. I, I hope he does. Hope he doesn't get hurt. Please pray that he doesn't get hurt. This and that. Um, go and have a good, strong senior year. Maybe win a national championship. Maybe. Maybe win a national championship. And then, uh, you know, come to the Iowa Wild and be confident, ready to rock and roll. Because now you'll know for sure that uh, you're, you're you know, it, it's time. You're a professional now. You're finished. Just like... Uh, Nick Sweeney. So, Henches, I say stay for sure. Lindbergh, I'm getting wishy-washy right now as we as I speak. Uh, Derek Felska says, despite the fact he had a strong had a strong start, six foot one right shot defenseman Philip Joe Hansen has kind of flattened since. Do you think the Wild tender him an offer or not? Yeah, that's been in discussions. I say yes. I say they're gonna they're gonna give him a chance. I say they will. Um, he's not been a terrible disappointment. It sounds like his mental game is really good. His mental game is really good. He's just not an offensive player necessarily. He's capable offensively, but he just moves the puck well. You know how that is. I think there's something there. I do. He will not be a star. I mean, maybe he will be, and I'm way off. Odds are he's not going to be a star. He's just going to be decent. Um, I believe he's right shot, so oh boy. That's the other thing. Uh, that's the other thing, boy. Uh, uh, right shot. Kalen Addison, Matt Dumba, oh, and this guy named Jared Spurgeon who signed for six more years and he's the captain. Whew, there I go, wishy-washy again. I will say they're going to they're gonna tender him, though. I think they will. I'd be surprised if they don't. That's just my, my guess. Uh, I think they're going to tender him, give him a chance, see what happens, and maybe he's included in a trade at some point moving forward. Hopefully one we don't regret, <laughs> but yeah. Whole bunch of nopes at Brave the Wild says, no doubt Talbot has been amazing, but in Capo's last start, a disaster in all areas, he looked slow and late. Seems like they had seems like they have lost a little confidence in Capo. And I feel if we get in the playoffs isn't better isn't it better to have a fresher Talbot? I think it is, yeah, and we need to get Capo out there more. So I agree with you a thousand percent. a uh, whole bunch of nopes. That'd be Jody Halvey is the name. Um Yes, thousand percent agree with that. Get Kakinen in. You got at least get him in one game with the San Jose Sharks here, of course. And I wouldn't complain if he was in on the road versus Arizona because his road record was awesome. It was and is awesome. Uh, I say get him in there. Get him in there more often, please. Do this like once every two weeks nonsense is not going to get it done. That's what ruined. That's what 
derailed some of our seasons in the past. There's, uh, yep, good. Jay Bushy and Brian, they came back. I love it. Great to see you guys here. Jay Bushy says, do we think Cack is starting to slow, uh, starting to show he's wearing down some? Nope. I don't think so. I don't think he's wearing down. Maybe he, he might have been, but then it was the opposite, where it seemed like he got iced, like when he's out too long. Just like when Talbot was out too long with the injury, he came back and got hammered by the Arizona Coyotes. And then... Kakadin's out, and he's and he comes, or not out, but like benched for too long, and comes in against a St. Louis team that is like, uh, as they say, a wounded animal, back against the wall, where they're gonna chomp your head off, you know, like like a wounded, even like a wounded little kitty, like Chloe was years ago when she broke her leg suddenly, and I went to to pick her up, and she almost she almost took my eye out with her teeth, she almost bit my my eye right out of my, yeah, that was pretty scary. And this is an innocent, cute little cat that was wounded. And, yeah, and that's kind of what the uh, St. Louis Blues were. Yeah, it got a little bit weird there. Sorry about that. That's what I think really happened. He was going against a wounded animal that had had an, that it was like, we are not losing tonight. Bleep this, you know. And um, we're the Stanley Cup champions of 2019, and we're going to compete for it again this year. We're, we're not done yet. That's what I think he went up against. And, of course, again, being iced for too long. There I go, babbling too much. Brian Herrera says, who do you think... Yeah, I like this one. Who do you think will be the unrestricted free agent we keep out of Bukestad, Cole, Benino, or Johansson? I think Bukestad, no. <sighs> Johansson's starting to make a... He's starting to make a case, isn't he? He's starting to make a case. <sighs> but I think we're not going to want to commit a lot of money to anybody. I can see a two million, two million one, uh, one or two year contract for Benino, but probably just a one year contract for uh, Nick Benino. Two, two, two million. That's my guess. That's what I'm throwing out there. Two, two million, two point one million. He's not going to get four million again. There's no way. Uh, the one I want the most is Cole. I, I like Cole, man, and he fills a position that's kind of, you know, it's a little bit on the thin side, a little bit, little on the thin side, particularly in the prospect pool depending on how excited you get with, uh, you know, some of those guys out there. The guys like uh, Marshall Warren. He's still got, like, I feel like he's still light years away. Um, Jacob Golden, I don't know. I don't know what to say about Jacob Golden. It sucks that he hasn't played the whole year for the London Knights. Man, why, why, why? Yep, Jacob Golden needs to come to the AHL, doesn't he? He's 22. Did we just got? Yeah, I don't know what's going on with Jacob Golden. I don't know if the Wild gave up on him or what, but he's old enough to be in the AHL. I don't know what's going on with him, but he's the left. He's the uh, the only other left defenseman at the moment in the uh, the system because Philip Johansson and Simon Johansson are both right shots. We're getting a little too. Yeah, I mean I, somebody's getting traded and it isn't just Dumba. It's going to be one of these other guys. They might be packaged in the deal, like uh, the rights to Simon Johansson. Traded for who knows, you know that kind of deal. Um, I want to. I like Ian Cole a lot. It's just his price tag might be a little high. I know he's making over three million a year right now. If we can get him down to two point five, and it's like you don't want to tell a guy, "Thanks for playing great for us, but please take a pay cut." That's the other hard part. <sighs> Boy, that is tough. That is a tough situation. So. To make it simple, maybe Nick Benino for $2 million, but otherwise, Ian Cole's who I want to keep. If we can keep him, if we can get him under $3 million, even $2.8, we're like one year, like a one-year deal, two point eight or something. Um, might be going that direction, two point seven for Ian Cole. That's who I want the most, but Benino, I think, is the most likely. Long story longer. 
Uh, I think that's it. Nope, there's a little more. No, yes, no, yes, no. That is it. I don't think there's any more questions, unfortunately. I'll put in the hashtag dealy, but it seems to work better with the notifications than the hashtag. Hashtag BTWMN. Hashtag BTWMN. Yeah, it's good that you still put that in there. It's just that it seems to be more organized in the notifications. And then they all kind of work together, so to speak. I think that's it, though. Yeah, most of these are from previous shows. All of these are from previous shows, not most of them. So with that said, and I missed somebody, Ty Sandstrom, Rich Blummer, man, I, I missed you guys. Come back, come back, come back. Dave Johnson, come back. Mike Moco V65, come back. Where are all, yep, where are all of you guys? <laughs> Teresa Ferries, hope to hear from her again as well. It is what it is, though. People are busy or they're just not, they just don't feel they have like a uh, question they want to ask or a comment. It is what it is. Maybe they're just blanking right now and they're thinking about other things. But with that said, thank you all of you for being, getting involved with this show. I always appreciate it so much. Derek Felska for uh, encouraging people to join on board. Always appreciate it. And I know some of, at least one person's coming back who's been missing the uh, the lightning round legend of Tom Hayen. Looking forward to hearing from him again soon. Again, my condolences about what's happened there. Um, M&W Prospects. M&W Prospects, I'm very proud to be a part of that. Pablo Bennett, who covers the Euro Leagues and such, and he'll jump in with some with anything, college, AHL, but the Euro Leagues especially. Uh, Justin Bakke, Brandon Quast, they keep up with college, AHL, ECHL, all that good stuff. Really appreciate being a part of that. And I've, in the past, covered the BCHL and the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, but they've not been playing, uh, unfortunately. <clears throat> so that's the other thing. And, of course, OHL and all those others. They kept up with those as well. Brandon Quast and Justin Boggy. Always appreciate that. WHL, like, um, but they are playing, which is great. Adam Beckman, been cool there. Uh, really, really major shout-out at MNW Prospects and, of course, Facebook.com forward slash MNW Prospects. Uh, Minnesota Wild Nation, Patrick Turner, major shout-out there. Minnesota Wild Global, Scott Cavendish, Chance Costick, David Costick, Kathy Main, Chad, Chad Walski, awesome guy, Michael Fick, David Abraham, awesome pages. Thank you guys so much for being great hockey friends. And the hockey community in Minnesota is great. Uh, it really is. I appreciate every one of you. I appreciate the friendships on Twitter, Facebook, and in, in real life as well, maybe via text and such. Thank you all of you for being a part of things. Uh, please call into the show sometime. You can do that as well, which is really cool. The uh, audio submission route is the way you go there. Simply open your smart device. There should be a free voice recording application on any smart device on the planet, or you can download one you know that you like better, whatever it is, but there's free built-in ones on every device. Open it, press record, treat it like a phone call, hit stop, share it, slash email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. Greatly appreciate it. Please write a positive rating for Brave the Wild on Apple Podcasts, Audible, or Stitcher, if you could. Those of you that have, thank you so much. And those of you that will in the future, thank you so much in advance. It really helps the show. It really does. And it just makes makes me feel more like I'm, you know, <laughs> like I'm doing the right thing doing this show, rather than just kind of talking to thin air out there, so to speak, which I'm sure I'm not. Thank you all of you again. And <clears throat> go Minnesota Wild. Hopefully we can keep up our winning ways somehow, some way. Thank <laughs> you.